0: Welcome to the Church 214 podcast. We're glad that you've joined us today. We hope that you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit our website at church214.org. I think Jesus might be in the house this morning. Normally, this is the time when the kids are leaving that we've been doing, um, we'd be greeting um, each other. And I just... I just felt like, why don't we just greet Jesus right now? Why don't we just thank him for his presence? Anybody thankful for the presence of Jesus? Come on. You can do better than that. Thank you, Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world is in this place today. And we are carriers of his presence. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do, what you've already done. Thank you for your voice that speaks so gently but yet so powerfully so powerfully but yet so gently and this morning we just pray that your wind your holy spirit would come in this place we thank you for open doors of church buildings but more importantly we thank you for open doors in our hearts and I pray that every door of every heart would be open this morning to receive the filling of the holy spirit that is our prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed with me and said, amen. amen. Let it be so. Man, you know the difference between preaching the empty chairs and full chairs? It's a big difference. It's so good to see your faces, to know that the church is not a building. It's the people of God that are sitting right here before me and the ones watching from their living room. We didn't forget about you. Do you understand the meaning of today? We would physically not be here if it wasn't for the power of prayer. If it wasn't for the Holy Spirit doing what he has done. If it wasn't for a team of people that decided before the quote-unquote rules allowed us to come back to church, that we were coming back to church on Pentecost Sunday. This is Pentecost Sunday. You have to understand what this means. Forty days after the resurrection, which is Easter. Easter the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Forty days after that, he ascended into heaven before his disciples' eyes. And this is what he said to them. They were asking a lot of questions. They are asking questions about dates and times. And he said, Jesus says to you and me right here today, he says, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They are not for you to know. But... You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Peoria, in Judea, in Illinois, in Samaria, in the United States, and in the entire world. That's what you need to focus on. Don't worry about dates and times. Jesus said, transfix yourself on what is coming, on what is here and now, and that's my spirit because you will receive what? Power. Don't fixate yourself on dates and times. Don't look at a virus. Don't look at the riots, because you're the solution to that. That's what the enemy is doing. See, this thing has never been about a virus. It's never been about riots. Are they real? Sure. But this is about, it's deeper than that. You have an enemy that is here to steal and kill and destroy, and he's coming after you, the people of God. Because if he can get you, then he'll stop you from receiving power. He'll stop you from being a witness where you're supposed to be a witness. And the enemy is doing a pretty dang good job. This is about a worldwide demonic occupation of your body and your soul. It's a faith-killing, fear-inspiring Mission And it's working because he's crippling the planet. But before I give him too much praise, there's somebody that's greater, much greater, that lives in you and me. And he cannot occupy our soul because we're not going to let him. He cannot occupy our body. He cannot occupy our church. Because what God is doing is greater than what the enemy is doing. What God is doing is he's turning it all around on him. Remember Goliath? David takes Goliath's own sword. Think about that. Goliath's own sword and cuts that bad boy's head off. Right off. That's what Jesus is doing, but he wants you to partner with him. He wants you to be one of the Israelites, the only Israelite, the heart of David, that looks on the situation of fear and says, -uh, I don't see fear, I see faith rising. I see faith coming, faith rising. Because riots will not have the last word. Man, we, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. When you and I see people, we see people. doesn't matter what tan level they are. doesn't matter what skin color they are. We see the people that are created in the image of God. It's a lie of the enemy for anything less than that. Racism will not have the last word. Riots will not have the last word. Revival will have the last word. (laughs) Revival is here and it is now, and it starts with the power that occupies your soul, and his name is the Holy Spirit. Do you want to hear more? I'm glad. We've got to unite the church together. In the last days, the hope of the world is the church, the light of the world, the one that ascends to the top of the hill. We've got to lead the way. That's why we opened our doors today. We're going to lead the way. And to do that, we have to have a united church. We have to have churches unite. That's been our prayer we're not we're for every church in Peoria. We're for them. We're not against them. We're for them. We're on the same mission. We're on the same team. But t- in order to have unity, you and I desperately 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 need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, "Don't focus on dates and times. Don't focus on a virus. Don't focus on the riots. Focus on what I'm doing." You know what's not on the news? In Minneapolis, Thousands of Christians are gathering, praying, lifting their hands, shouting the name of Jesus that the riots would stop. Black, brown, white people together. That's what the real news is. That's the revival that's coming. Don't focus on Target stores burning down, because the holy, the holy fire of the Spirit of God is burning his people, and we need to engage with that. So we haven't even got to Pentecost yet. So he says these words to his disciples as he's rising up in heaven, 40 days after his resurrection? And then 10 days later, do you remember the, what the church was doing? They were in an upper room. They were waiting. That's the day we're celebrating today. The power of waiting on God. Rest. It doesn't mean you're not doing anything, but you're expectant for what He's about to do. And Acts 2, I think you might be familiar with it. Our church is named after this passage. Acts 2, verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers, say all the believers, believers. were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. And I want to hear more sounds from heaven. Like a roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it did what? It filled the house. It filled the house. It filled the physical place. And it also filled the temple of their souls. And my prayer today is that his spirit, it's already filled this physical place. My prayer is the door of your heart would be open enough to receive him in the temple of God inside of you. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them that ability. This was such a loud event in Jerusalem. So much noise, it was like the riots or the opposite of riots. It attracted people to see what was going on. Like CNN and Fox News would have covered this. It's like, what is happening in this house in Jerusalem where all these guys have been hiding out and gals? What's happening? And so people began to gather as a crowd, and they see these fishermen. And some of them are like, "These guys, I know these guys, they're from Galilee. Why can they speak my native language? There's no way that they could do that. And they're perplexed. They're like, how does that guy know the language that I know? Because he's from around here and I'm from out of state. And the other half of the crowd was like, these guys are drunk. It's only nine in the morning. Man, it must have been a bad night fishing. These guys are drunk out of their minds drunk. That's how crazy the Holy Spirit can get. But you know what? Again, we don't fixate our eyes on what he does because he does all kinds of mysterious things. That's why we don't like to talk about this or we try to shy away from it because he cannot be explained. He is a mystery and he's going to do what he does. What we focus on is resting in him, is waiting for him, is being expectant for him. And so out of that noise, out of that riot, if you will, Acts 2:14 happens. The verse that this church is named after happens, and Peter steps forward with, along with the other apostles, and he shouts back to the crowd, and he proceeds to preach a message that the Holy Spirit gives him. Three thousand people get saved that day. He recites the prophecy from Joel that sons and daughters, and old and young, will will like, will see visions. It's one of the greatest days of the church because it launched the church of Jesus Christ. But it was because people were expectant and waiting on the Holy Spirit to move. You understand what I'm saying? John 3.8 says this. We've titled this series The Wind After the Holy Spirit. In John 3.8, Jesus says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you just invade this place right now? Would you quiet our hearts? Would you allow us to just rest in you, to remain in you? That's what the disciples did. They didn't know what was coming. We can't explain your mysterious ways, but I'm glad we can't because that makes you God and us not. Our responsibility is to just bow at your feet and let the wind blow us as you please. So I pray that's what happens today. I pray every heart would be ready to receive, that they would just knock the junk and dirt that we carried in this place off of us so that we can hear your voice, the only voice that matters. Pray that you would silence the voice of the enemy. Silence the voice of the enemy. You've done it before, and you're going to do it again. Thank you, God, for revival, and that revival starts in our hearts. and our souls. It's our responsibility to first have our own hearts revived. And then it spreads like wildfire. We pray this in Jesus' mighty and powerful name. Amen. So August 22nd of last year, actually, let me go back. I think it's August 21st. That's Bobby's birthday, right? The 21st? August 21st, I was at Wilder's birthday party. And I walk in the door, and there's all this family in there. And uh, uh, Heather and Heidi's grandparents were sitting in the corner. And I walked over to give grandma a hug. And she, you know, as grandmas do, I love, don't you love grandmas? As grandmas do, she's holding a Ziploc bag with about 30 barley seeds in it. Before I could say anything, she shows them to me and says, Chris, here, this is, these are the barley seeds that, that Naomi gave Ruth. Or that Ruth gave Naomi, Naomi something like that. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Grandma, so nice. Very nice of you. You know, let me tuck those in my back pocket for later. And I'm holding them, so I greet her. I go over to Grandpa, and I'm holding them, and, and he's like, you know, son, don't you love grandpas? Yeah. yeah. You know, son, uh, in, order to, in order to harvest those properly, you got to take the, the skin off of them, the, the, the wheat. And I said, uh, immediately, it came to my mind, I said, oh, yeah, like in Psalm 1, the chaff that the wind blows away. Forgot all about it. I actually left the bag, the Ziploc bag, at Heidi's house that night because it was such a non-event of what actually we were celebrating. But as, you know what? The Holy Spirit is so mysterious. Never discount something you think is weird because a lot of times what you think is weird is actually what he's trying to speak to you. So that bag is sitting at Heidi's house on her counter. The next day, August 22nd, I'm driving back home from work. I'm going across the Shadelowen Bridge. Some of you have heard this story. And I said, Jesus, what are you doing in the church? Remember, this is, I calculated it nine months ago. Think about this, nine months. What are you doing in your church, Jesus? And immediately I heard a word that I haven't used maybe in a long time in my vocabulary. I heard the word, I'm winnowing. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm continuing to drive home. God said I'm winnowing and immediately those barley seeds that were sitting on Heidi's counter came to my mind and he said I'm separating the seed from the chaff my spirit my wind is blowing through the churches and it's separating wickedness in your heart and my heart from the seed the word of God the thing that is true and right and noble and he said what is not rooted will be blown away this is what's bringing freedom in order to bring my presence in. And thank God I wrote all of that down, that he spoke to me, because I would have remembered bits and pieces, but it's so much more powerful nine months from now. Before we had heard of virus, he spoke this to, to me. He said, I'm blowing through the churches. I'm winnowing. God, we receive that. See, revival starts with us. We have to allow the wickedness to be blown off of us first the chaff that's what happens when a a combine um, gets that grain it it separates the seed from the chaff that thing that is worthless the amplified bible in psalm 1 says it like this but they are like the chaff speaking of the, the wicked but also wickedness in us they are like the chaff the worthless and without substance which the wind blows away What is in you and me that is worthless and without substance that the Holy Spirit wants to blow away so that he can get to the real thing? That's my challenge to us today. Because his wind is blowing, but you want to be the seed and not the chaff. You want to be the branch that's connected to the vine, not the one that's pruned off. That's what he's doing in his church. Switching gears a little bit, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Acts 8, verse 26. We're going to talk about a guy named Philip. Now, not the Philip that led us in worship so well. That guy's awesome, too. This guy's just as awesome. This is a story that happened in the early church in Acts. Man, I just encourage you to read Acts right now. If you're, if you're struggling for something to read, read the book of Acts because it's so powerful for where the Lord wants us to be in this current date and time, and for us to to focus our eyes on the Holy Spirit. Acts 8, verse 26. Then the Lord said to Philip, now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He left immediately on his assignment. I love this. This is like, remember Abraham? God said, hey, go that way. Abraham's like, yes, sir. This is a word, especially for you young people and and older people too, all of us. If you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and he tells you to go a direction, you don't don't need to know all the answers of what's down the road. Five-year plans, 10-year plans, they're good. But the Holy Spirit's direction is better. If he says, go down that road, you say, yes, sir, and you start walking. Because he'll give you the next direction as long as you're in tune with him. Okay, so the the Lord says to Philip, now go south from Jerusalem on the desert road to Gaza. He just starts walking. He left immediately on his assignment. You could just preach a whole message on that. When the Spirit tells us to go, we need to obey. When the Spirit tells you to do something, we need to obey. When the Spirit tells you to text someone, you need to obey. Not like in five minutes, not in five days, now. When the Spirit tells you to do something, you need to obey. You don't need to understand all of his purposes in order to obey. Along the way, Philip encountered an Ethiopian who believed in God, in the God of the Jews, and who was a minister of finance for Candace, queen of Ethiopia. He was on his way home from worshiping God in Jerusalem. As he rode along in his chariot, he was reading from the scroll of Isaiah. The Holy Spirit see, gives another instruction now. Philip's listening, he's walking, he's listening. The Holy Spirit says to Philip, go and walk alongside the chariot. So Philip ran to catch up. As he drew closer, he overheard the man reading from the scroll of Isaiah the prophet. Philip asked him, sir, do you understand what you're reading? The man answered, how can I possibly make sense of this without somebody explaining it to me? So he invited Philip up into his chariot to sit with him. Here's what I want you to understand about the Holy Spirit. The wind blows wherever it pleases. It doesn't mean it's always a hurricane, and it doesn't mean it's always a gentle breeze. But if you're in tune with the Spirit, if you're listening to his voice, you're going you're to go at the same pace as the Holy Spirit. Check this out again. Philip had to run to catch up to the chariot. Okay, Then he walked alongside the chariot. Then he was invited to sit in the chariot, The Holy Spirit had all these different paces for Philip to go. And it's so important in your life and my life to understand we always don't have to be running a full-on sprint. See, some of you are walking and you need to be running in certain areas of your life. Some of you are sitting and you need to be walking. Some of you are sitting and you need to be running. The only question is, how is the wind blowing in that area of your life? Are you listening to where the Holy Spirit tells you to walk and turn and pivot? This is huge. This is why, just an example, worship songs. When we're singing, sometimes we're running. We're singing full volume, aren't we, Phil? Full volume, which is awesome. And then sometimes that's the whole essence of music is it has ebbs and flows and ups and downs. Because if it was just one level the entire time, it wouldn't mean anything. See, that's why sometimes the most powerful voice of the Holy Spirit is when there's silence and it's perfectly still. And then the very next moment, just as powerful as a hurricane. The wind blows wherever it pleases. But you and I have to be sensitive enough to understand and discerning enough to know which way the wind is blowing in every situation of our lives. Amen? So how do you know the pace of God? Galatians 5.25 says it like this, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That's another way of, of what Philip was doing, right? Sometimes the Spirit says, run, then you run. Sometimes the Spirit says, well, slow down and walk. And sometimes the Spirit says, sit. We have to know, we have to hear his voice and know how he's blowing in our lives so that we can pivot with him. Because if, if we're running and he says, sit, then we completely miss him. If we're sitting and he's running, completely miss him. I've been guilty of that in my life. I know you have been too. Let's be intentional to know what what his voice is saying. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We have to know the voice that is speaking to us, the name that is above every name. So I say that teaching, I'm giving you that teaching to lead you where I want to go today, where the Spirit wants us to go. I'm going to talk about being filled with the Spirit. So many times in the New Testament, it talks about, and the Old Testament, it talks about being filled with the Spirit. It's instructing the church, you and I, those those of us that are believers, to be filled with the Spirit. And I know some of you, when I said that, just now cringed. Right? Okay? Because I know, because I've been there in my life, I still cringe sometimes. Because this has been abused, but just as badly it's been abused, it also hasn't been talked about. And we are an Acts church. We believe the entire Bible, everything that God says. And so we believe on the day of Pentecost, that, that wind blew, the Holy Spirit blew like a, a hurricane in that place. And that tongues of fire were actually on the heads of the apostles, just like it says. Now, does that have to, does it have to happen every time? Do we have to speak in tongues every time the Holy Spirit comes? No. The wind blows wherever it pleases. Our job is to be moved by him, not to manufacture something. We need to be moved by him. But in order to be moved by him, we have to be the branch in the vine. We have to be connected, remaining in the vine in order to be moved by the wind. So what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Because this is confusing, Um, I grew up in a church that, that did not teach this. They just kind of stayed away from it. And I, they believed more like you receive the Holy Spirit and then you're good, which is partially true. But let me teach you about this. When you first turn to Jesus, you become a believer. You, you walk his road. You make him the Lord and the master of your life. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. That's what Ephesians 1 says. You're sealed with the spirit. And in fact, if there's anyone in this place or listening on this live stream that doesn't know Jesus, he is the creator of you. He died for you. He he died to make you righteous again. Without him, you can do nothing. Without him, you're going to an eternity void of him, which is horrible. I wouldn't wish wish that on my worst enemy. And so if that's you this morning, if you haven't turned to him, just just take a moment right now. Let's, Let's pray that somebody turns to Jesus in this moment, whether it's on Facebook Live, whether it's here in the building, whether it's both. Father, we just pray right now that, that you you search every heart, you know every heart. And there's no magical prayer, there's no formula, but God, we pray in this moment, if, if hearts are being tugged, if, if people have never experienced Jesus before, put their faith in you, we pray right now that they would turn. And it's simple. All you have to do is say in your own words, Jesus, Jesus, I've fallen short of your glory. I turn to you right now. I make you the Lord and the master of, of my life. I reject the evil one, and I turn down your path. See, there's no two ways. You can't sit on the fence here. You can't sit on the fence. You've got to walk the way of Jesus. You've got to turn his way, because if you're sitting on the fence, you're going to be left behind. So right now, we thank you for those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And if you did that right now in that moment, in this moment, one, I want to talk to you afterwards, message message the church if you're watching live or come and talk to me afterwards, because now you have a a journey to walk. You have to walk with the Spirit. But in that moment, whether you did it just now, okay, or whether you did it a a certain date in your past, whenever you turn to him, you were sealed with the Spirit, okay? Ephesians 1. So what's the difference between getting sealed with the Spirit and filled with the Spirit? I'll give you an analogy that he gave to me last night. If you picture yourself as a vehicle, you you have a gas tank, right? Every vehicle has some sort of power source. We'll just use a gas tank for this analogy. So getting sealed with the spirit is like getting that gas tank installed on your vehicle. Now what do you have to do in order to move the vehicle still? You have to fill it up. There's a difference between getting sealed with the Spirit and getting filled with the Spirit. And and do you fill up the gas tank just once in your entire life of the vehicle? No. You fill it over and over and over again. That's the difference. That makes clarity in my mind. I, I hope that helps you. Be filled with the Spirit. See, I think there's many Christ followers, and I've been guilty of this at times, that are trying to drive their vehicles around, but they just have a gas tank. They have no fuel in the tank. And Jesus says, be filled with the spirit. David in Psalm 23 said it this way: He says, My cup is overflowing. My cup is overflowing with you. So you don't want just, you don't want to drive around on a quarter tank of gas. You want to fill that thing up. We have to continually be replenishing ourselves with the spirit. That's why it says, walk with the spirit. Get drunk in the spirit. Don't get drunk on wine. Get drunk with the spirit. That's another way of saying what David said in Psalm 23. My cup is overflowing. The, the picture of David at that feast of his enemies was that he, he's actually got so much wine in his cup that he's drunk. That's what it means to be filled with the Spirit. That you are so, you have so much of him, your tank is so full of him that you can't even handle him. You're, you're intoxicated with him. That's the way to live out the Christian life. You've got so much of him that you're just stumbling around in a good way because you're following whatever he says for you to do. So if we know that we're sealed with the Spirit and we know that we need to continually be filled with the Spirit, how do we become filled with the Spirit of God? How do we let him move us and, and us leave control in a good way and let him take continual control. Because our flesh wants to grab that back, doesn't it? That's why it's a continual process of being renewed day by day. How do we get filled? See, even the most gentle breeze will move the trees. I don't know if you've noticed that before. I've, I've mentioned this before, and I'll probably mention it again. I've been taking for about six, eight weeks now, I've been taking a walk, uh, a two-mile walk at lunchtime at work. It's great. It's good physical exercise, but it's really more spiritual exercise. It's a soul exercise for me. And I've noticed I'm walking this path that's got trees on both sides, and I've noticed when, when my body, I can't even feel the wind, but yet I'll see, and all the trees are quiet, but I'll see like one leaf over there just shaking. I'm like, oh my goodness, how does it do that? And then I'll start over there. And then pretty soon the whole tree, and I still can't feel the wind, but I can see the wind. That's what Jesus is saying. The wind blows wherever it pleases. The issue is our availability to get blown by the Holy Spirit. Even the most gentle breeze will move the trees. See, at creation... What happened was, verse 2, we find the Holy Spirit. He was hovering over the spirit of the deep. He was just sitting there, covering everything that was about to be created. And then when God, remember, God bent down and he formed Adam out of the dirt of the, the dust of the earth, what did he do? He breathed his spirit into Adam. What did Adam do to get filled with his spirit? What did Adam have to manufacture? What did he do? Nothing. Nothing. He had to just receive it. You want to know how to get filled with the Holy Spirit? Stop trying to manufacture something, receive Him. Receive Him. He just simply had to rest in the Father and receive the breath of God you look at Pentecost the day of Pentecost what did the disciples have to do to receive the Holy Spirit you know what it actually says they were sitting down waiting they weren't jumping around now they probably they definitely were after the Holy Spirit came but what did they do and did they have to manufacture anything no They simply were expectant, because Jesus told them, don't look at the dates and times. Wait for my power. Wait. Waiting is not necessarily doing nothing. It's an expectation of your heart. You're waiting to receive, but it's nothing that you do on your own. Nothing that you and I do on our own. It's all about receiving. And that's so hard for us in humanity, because we want to do something. We want to start with just doing something. Oh, like if I can jump around three times and I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. No. That might be evidence of you being filled. Might be. I don't know. But in order to receive him, in order to be filled by him, you just got to have an expectant heart. You have to be resting in him. Your heart has to, even right now, I know there's, there's people out there like, I don't know, man. Right here. Lay your pride aside and just receive the breath of God. It's very simple. What he does from there is his business. How he moves the trees is his business. He may blow you down like a hurricane. (laughs) And he may just shake you like a gentle leaf. That's his business. Your job is to receive. Your job is to make sure your gas tank is full and overflowing. And you can only do that if you're at the gas pump receiving the fuel of God. Our job is to rest in him. Psalm 91, which we've been quoting a lot recently, right, through this time? I don't know about you, but I have. The first verse says this, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will remain secure and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. The Amplified adds to it, says, whose power no enemy can withstand. You know how to fight your battles? Dwell. That word in Hebrew means to sit down and rest. Again, it's not doing nothing. It's an expectation that you're covered by God, just like he covered the earth from the foundations of the world, just like you're in the shadow of his wings. Later on in Psalm 91, it says that. You're in there because you're dwelling in him. You're resting in him. That's your responsibility, my responsibility. On my walk, and if you look outside as well, on any walk that you take, I'll see branches that are shaking with the wind, but then I'll see dead branches on the side of the path. And that breaks my heart because the wind can't really do anything with them. They're cut off. They're dead. They're not plugged into the source. They're not a part of the tree. They're not a part of the vine like Jesus taught us. They're not resting or remaining. Jesus says in John, he says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. Remain in me. That's your job. Remain in me. Rest in me. Let me blow on you. Don't manufacture something. Let me move you. See, a branch, have you ever thought about this? A branch has one goal. That's to stay connected to the plant, connected to the vine, connected to the tree, drinking up the source, the lifeblood of that tree. That's how you're going to grow. That's how you're going to be able to be moved by the wind, to rest and remain in him. It means that all of your attention all of your focus, it's not on dates and times and a virus and riots. All of your attention shifts to focusing on him, to dwelling in him. Because if you're a Christ follower, you have the wind within you. You have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. First John 2 says this, he speaks and teaches us everything we need to know you have a question he is an answer he speaks and teaches us everything everything he is the answer he is the truth he is the life but are we dwelling in him to receive the answer Are we dwelling in him to be able to be moved by the wind? How do you hear his voice? That's a good question. I think it's like any relationship. You know, my wife and I have been married for 20 years. And we don't have a perfect marriage, but we have a really good marriage. But we've worked at it. And a lot of times now I can know what she's about to say before she even says it. She can know what I'm about to say or what I'm thinking by a certain look on my face. That's the same way of the Holy Spirit. You have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, it's far more mysterious than a marriage, and a marriage is mysterious. (laughs) But my, my point is, you have to remain. You have to work on that relationship. You have to allow him to prune certain areas of your life, to blow the chaff off of you, the wickedness off of you, so that you can hear him more clearly. And then you write down what he says because you go back to the testimony of what he's done before. The spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. What he's done in your past is what he's going to do again in your future. And he'll do something amazing yesterday, and we tend to forget about it the next day because we're not dwelling in him. We're not resting in him. We're not remaining in him. The father says, draw close to me and I'll draw close to you. That's how you get filled with the spirit. It's a continual drawing close to him. Then he's going to draw close to you. So yesterday morning I woke up, and I'll be honest with you, this has been a, I've been so excited about this message, but it's been a battle to, to write because of what's going on. There's an enemy occupation, like I mentioned, but I'm not going to give him any more headlines because we know what's really happening revival's happening, but doesn't mean the battle's not real, right? And I know you've you've been facing this in your own life, in your own soul. You've been facing these battles. But I I was so excited for Pentecost Sunday that I I just I wanted to get it right. I didn't in a good way. I didn't want to miss what the the Holy Spirit was saying. Don't you love when God just hits you with your own message? And I get up yesterday morning and we had a full day and, and honestly I I had the bullet points written, and I've known for weeks what he's wanted to say, but I just wanted to make sure it was right. My heart was in the right place. But I get up yesterday morning, I start walking down the stairs, and I heard the Holy Spirit tell me, this is awesome. He goes, slow down, Martha. (laughs) Slow down, Martha. Just sit in my presence. I don't need you to write my message. I just need you to speak my message. See, my spirit and your spirit is activated from a place of being, not doing. I love the story of Mary and Martha. And you know it, but I'll recap it for you, you know. I think it's so offensive to us because we so often, just like me yesterday, we're we're being Martha. Because who wouldn't, man, Jesus is coming to your house. Who wouldn't want to set a nice table, cook a nice dinner? Somebody's got to do that, right? Like, that's why we get so offended because, man, we got to do something for Jesus, which is true. But first, you got to sit at his feet. The doing has to come from a place of being. And that's why it's so offensive to us because time and time again, we need to be reminded that just like Mary, we got to go sit at the feet of Jesus and not try to manufacture something. Just let him speak to us and blow on us. want you stand up, close your eyes, if you will. So I mentioned that I've been taking these walks every day, and I walk a mile uphill, and then I turn around and walk a mile downhill. It's a gradual slope, but you can definitely feel the uphill grade as you're walking. And I've been doing this in the middle of the my lunch break, really. I, I eat a quick lunch, and then I do this. But I realized that the uphill walk was not as good as the downhill walk. Because on the uphill walk, I'm still carrying all this junk around and the pressures of the world, and man, this is what I need to do this afternoon. I've got to respond to this, and this person is hurting, and I'm hurting in this area, and my wife is having pain in this area, and all the stuff, that that's where my mind is. That's where my soul is on, focused on the uphill walk. And the whole walk is supposed to be about listening to the Holy Spirit, to being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I've realized this, that I, I have to, like, shake those things off, let them fall off. But then when I turn around and start walking downhill, first of all, when I turn, it's crazy. I bet nine times out of ten – I'll turn around, I'll look up in the sky, and I'll see this hawk just sitting on the wind. Just sitting there. He's not striving for anything, he's not (laughs) putting out any energy, he's just sitting on the wind. That's exactly what the Holy Spirit wants you to do in your life. So I don't know what's going on in your life. I know there's a lot going on because there's a lot going on in all of our lives. I don't know what's, what the battles are in your soul right now. But as we're walking uphill right now, I just want you to shake those things off. Give those things to Jesus in this moment. Allow him to strip you of the things that you've been trying to manufacture, the things that you've been striving for. And they could be really good things. They could be like Martha, like preparing a dinner for Jesus. How good is that? But in this moment, I want you to allow him to strip all that away. Just let it go. And I want you to turn... And notice the hawk, notice the eagle that's just sitting on his wind, just resting right there. That's where he wants you to be, dwelling in him under the shadow of his wings. Now I want you to just walk downhill because it's so much easier. let him speak to you in this moment there's things that he wants to shift in your life there's portions of your soul that he wants to repair and reoccupy but you have to allow him to do that in revelation he he writes a letter to one of his churches and he says i stand at the door of and knock. He's not talking about a person who doesn't know him. He's talking to his church. He's talking to you. I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. Are you going to let me into that space? Rest in him right now. Remain in him. Focus on him. Fix all of your attention, all of your gaze to Jesus. Just picture his face right now. He loves you so much. He's doing 10,000 things in this room right now. And when you're ready, I want you to pray this prayer from the bottom of your heart, from the door that's open in your heart. I want you to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, come. You may need to put yourself in a position, your body in a position to hear better from him, to receive him. There's carpets in the front on the side here if you need to kneel, if you need to sit, if you need to raise your hands. Whatever position that you need to hear from the Holy Spirit in. But I want you to do this. If you're saying today, I'm inviting you, Jesus is inviting you to be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Do not resist him. If you say, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to move your body in some way, shape, or form. I want you to kneel. I want you to raise your hands. I want you to be expectant. I want your heart to be expectant for what he's going to do. Don't be scared of him. He loves you so much. He's already indwelling you. Your gas tank's just empty. You need him desperately. Oh, God, we need you desperately. It may be a gentle breeze. It may be a hurricane. doesn't matter. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Do not resist his spirit. You said not by might, not by power, but by your spirit, says the Lord. Father, fill these hearts right now with your spirit. Fill these hearts with your spirit, Father. We're not going to settle for a quarter tank of gas anymore. We need to be filled with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, rest on your people right now. Fill us. Fill us, God. us to overflowing if you feel the tug of his presence I want you to move your body which activates your soul move your body to do something You're stepping into what he has for you. He's speaking to you right now. Receive that. You don't talk. Just let him talk. You don't talk. Let him speak. Holy Spirit of God, come from the four winds and blow on this place. Blow in these hearts. Have your way in us. We're just focused and fixated on you, Father, the one with so much love in his eyes for his sons and daughters. We just want to move with your wind. You blow us wherever you need to blow us, Father. We receive the Spirit of God in this moment today. We receive you, God. Fill up your people. Jesus said in John 4, he says... But if anyone drinks the living water I give them, they will never thirst again. They will be forever satisfied. For when you drink the water that I give you, it becomes like a gushing fountain of Holy Spirit springing up and flooding you with endless life. That's what he's trying to do in this moment. That's what he's trying to do every day of your life. There's a fountain within you of the holy spirit but the condition that you have to take is drinking the ta- the taking of the drink is your responsibility because here's the thing you can have as much of Jesus as you want as much of him as you want He's available, he's here, but you have to drink. The condition is drinking from the fountain. The condition is remaining in him and letting him blow on you. See, some of you haven't had a drink in so long. Some of you haven't had a drink in a long, time, and you're calling yourself a Christian, but you're not filling up the gas tank, it's time for you to take a drink. Not by your might, not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Holy Spirit, fill these people that are responding to you right now with your wind. Blow on them, God, all across this place, on the, po- on the podcast, on the live stream in living rooms. Father, we want to be winnowed. We need to have the chaff removed to come to you as a pure and spotless bride. He's here. He's here. And he wants to blow on your life. Some of you just need to come to him like a child. Pride needs to be cut off in your life. You just need to come to him humbly and as a child. Say, Father, fill me to overflowing. I want to be drunk on your spirit. I want to keep pace with you. Just sit in your presence. Walk when you say walk. Run when you say run. Mm, thank you for the sound of children, Father. It's the sound of heaven. To be like a child once again. I sense a deep repentance in some of you. The Holy Spirit's working out a deep repentance right now. Just yield to him, yield to him. Let him work it out of you. Father, you said, if we humble ourselves, turn to you, you'll heal our land. Our land needs healing, but it's mostly the land in our soul that has to be healed before the outward what we can see can be healed. Father, do things right now that we can't even see or can't even hear. Hear the desperation of your people, Father. We need you. We need you. We know we are we our hearts are desperate for you. Desperate for you. Let that sense of desperation for him rise up inside of you. We've got to become desperate for him once again. Our lives have been too comfortable in America. God, use this winnowing, use this stripping away to reveal the desperation that our heart, the heart of David truly has for you, Father. That we don't give you 50%, 90%, we give you 110%. Oh, God, fill us to overflowing. Press into what He's doing right now in your heart. He loves you so much. He just wants you to turn your gaze and fully fix your eyes on Him. He's the Father that you never had on earth. He fills every need, He wants to do miracles but some of you aren't picking up your mat and walking with the Spirit. You have a responsibility to drink of Him. Drink of Him. You can have as much of Jesus as you want. Is the Lord God Almighty the whole earth the whole earth is filled with his glory let faith rise up in your hearts right now don't look away from him don't look away but fix your gaze on the one on the name that is above every name Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is the Lord. He is the master and the teacher. Father, reveal your heart to us this morning. Thank you for your love and your grace that you're just pouring out right now. You're filling cracks and crevices that have uh, just been hurting. God, we've been hurting. Winnowing doesn't feel good, but the results, the results of the wind are so good. God, we feel your gentle breeze this morning. We yield fully to you. We yield fully to you. Our hearts don't look for another We are not satisfied with anything else other than you and your name. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. I looked and I saw a lamb that was slain. The lamb that had conquered. He's conquered it all. You know what happens when hearts rise up together and just are so thankful for the lamb that was slain for you, who's conquered all? Say worthy. Let your heart say worthy. 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 Get used to singing this song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. For you have all the power and the riches. You are our greatest treasure, Father. Just let gratitude rise up in your heart. You're so worthy, God. You're so holy, God. Just let your heart respond to him. Maybe it's just a thank you. Maybe it's let's, let something rise out uh, off from your heart to your lips. Out loud, just whatever it is, just say thank you, Jesus. Holy is your name. Worthy is your name. Whatever, whatever is rising from your heart, just speak that out. Declare that out. Worthy, worthy, worthy. I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Filled the temple. How desperate are you for him? Just like that woman with the issue of blood who reached out and grabbed his robe. He's here right now. You just got to reach out and grab a hold. You've got to drink. Filling us up, God. You're filling us up, Jesus. We're, we're so thankful. We don't have to understand it. We just embrace it. We just receive your breath. We receive your wind, just like Adam. Adam who woke up with the breath of God in him and he looked back at his Savior before he could even see himself in a mirror, which there weren't back then, but he he was looking in the eyes of someone that he looked just like. That's who you are. You are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. How can your praise not just rise up within you? How can gratitude not just take over your body? You were made for eternity. This life is a blip. Dates and times are a blip. You have something far more. But it starts now. Drink Nothing's better than you got. Nothing. continue to dwell in His presence. We should have moments like this every day of our life when we just sit and dwell in His presence because He's doing a work within you that's going to come out of you. God, wreck us with Your presence. Nothing's better than you, Father. Nothing. We cast aside every idol. Oh, God, yes. Just continue in this attitude of worship as the band comes up to lead us. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Let your praise rise to him right now. Nothing, just you, Jesus. Hear the praise of your people, Jesus. Holy Spirit, come in this place right now as we bring our worship to you, Father. Blow in this place, God. Nothing. You are the treasure. You're everything. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, come on. Let's go. Nothing is better. Nothing. Nothing is better. Jesus.